You're listening to the Grace Covenant East Lincoln Audio Podcast. My son here, he just got out of the Army a few weeks back, serving in uh, Germany for three and a half years, and, and he's home and uh, eating our food. <clears throat> so we celebrate that. <laughs> we also have our uh, 18-year-old right now is serving um, in Par- Paris Island in the Marine Corps. Um, he's going through boot camp. He'll be graduating this coming Friday. Um, and we're excited about that. I got a text message from another veteran friend of mine on Friday, this Friday, um, saying, are you watching ESPN? And I'm thinking, did I miss something about the Panthers? What did the Panthers do? Who did they cut now? Um, so I jumped onto ESPN real quick, and there's nothing about sports. Uh, they were doing a remote um, a remote station, I'm forgetting the word now, where they would set up and actually host the show um, somewhere else outside of their normal place, and they were hosting it at Paris Island, South Carolina. And so I'm looking as hard as I can to see, is my son back behind there? Will I find my son? Um, I didn't, but but what they were doing, too, is honoring veterans, but in the midst of it, they were describing what recruits go through once they come to Paris Island and all the way through graduation. And so my friend wanted to make sure that I saw that. And he texted me, did you you see this? And I said, yeah, so awesome. And he goes, now you know what they go through. And I texted back, no, I don't. I now know about what they go through, but I don't know what they go through. The, the, The defining difference between knowing about what somebody goes through and knowing what they go through is what? Experience, doing it. You have to position yourself to experience something before you truly know something. I can know all about being married, but it took me positioning myself to become married to my wife by lying to her about how great I am. (laughs) And now I know what marriage is. We've been talking for the last few weeks about wanting to experience a life that God blesses. Now, we, we can know all about a life that God blesses without ever knowing God's blessing if we don't align ourselves or position ourselves to experience it. And so we talked a few weeks ago about the need for us to live as a people who are broken before God. If I'm going to experience the blessings of God in my life, I need to live a life that is broken for the sin that I have in my life, and understanding that without God's sovereign move, I would still be in a place of brokenness. And i got to live in such a way that reminds me of my brokenness so that it will move to the second, what we talked about last week, and that's living a life of surrender. You see, when I'm broken, I'll be surrendered because I'll know in my own strength I can't accomplish anything, but when I'm surrendered to the power of the Holy Spirit in my life, all things are possible. And I can align myself up to experience the blessings of God. This morning, I want to talk about an area that, unfortunately, we just don't talk a lot about. If I'm going to find blessings in my, God, in my life from my God, not only do I have to align myself in brokenness and surrender, but I also have to align myself or position myself for holiness in my life. This morning, we are going to talk about holiness. Now, if you've been to this church more than a couple of times, you know that sometimes at the end of service, I'll ask you to 
take a moment and spend with the Holy Spirit and allow him to speak to you. But what I would like for you to do today is begin to seek what the Holy Spirit might say to you beginning even now. What might the Holy Spirit reveal to you in your life as far as your pursuit of holiness? Because I'm going to tell you something. We can never call ourselves a people who are passionately pursuing God if we are not passionately pursuing holiness. Because our God is holy and he has called his people to live a holy life. And so this morning as we unpack holiness and we unpack what it means in our life and the de- even the definition of holiness, I pray that you would get to a place um, of allowing the Holy Spirit to speak to you. And when he does, because he will, do not take what he brings to the surface as condemnation. Bring it as conviction. Conviction is healthy. Condemnation is not what the Holy Spirit does. But conviction, he does. Why? Because conviction leads to repentance. Can, can I give you a little bit of a, a behind-the-scenes look at, at, at a pastor's life preparing for a sermon? Um, I spend Monday through sometimes Saturday looking at a sermon and getting kicked in the teeth because it applies to me too much. And so Sunday, what happens, I just get up here and I talk about myself. And if it, if, if it helps you, that's fine, too. But this holiness thing, I thank God for, for conviction. I've certainly convicted in certain areas of my life. Listen, we live in a society that does not encourage us to pursue holiness. We live in a society today that says there is no such thing as holiness, that there is no such thing as right or wrong, that there is no such thing as black or white. It's all gray. And as long as you're not hurting anybody... Um, you're free to pursue whatever you would like. Can I tell you this this morning? If I'm pursuing anything else but holiness, I am hurting somebody. I'm hurting myself and the call and the plans and the purposes that God has for my life. And, and, and sometimes that thinking culturally that we have that there is no wrong, there is no right, that's even infiltrated the church where we are well-intentioned but misguided in tiptoeing around what sin is. We will no longer call sin for what it is because it might offend somebody. Let's be really clear this morning. This, uh, this is offensive. Holiness is offensive. Why? Because it offends my flesh. Every single time I have to take my flesh and match it against what this says, my flesh is offended. Because my flesh isn't holy, but this is. So while we aren't a people who are going to be walking around in a hateful way condemning others, we still need to be a people who mix grace and truth. Not just for others, but can I say more importantly for ourselves. Pursuit is something, a pursuit of holiness is something that we need to pursue passionately and personally. So if we're going to talk about holiness, it's important for us to get a working definition of what holiness is. The the root word for holiness means to literally to be cut, to be separated, or, or, or more commonly referred to as being set apart. Being set apart. That's what holiness is. The word tells us that we are a holy nation. Why? Because you have been set apart by God. Let that sink in for a second. Let that, let that let, just marinate in that for a moment. God has looked at you 
from the beginning of time, and he has called you to be set apart. He has called you to be holy. Um, my wife is probably one of the most generous, patient, giving women I've ever met in my life. And that's especially true to my kids. Um, but however, let, let, me, let me tell you something. While she would give them anything, there's a certain thing that the kids are not allowed to touch, and that's her ice cream. That ice cream has been set apart. That ice cream is holy. That's holy. So you're never probably going to hear this in any other church. You're God's ice cream. You've been set apart as a holy people, reserved just for him, just for him. Now, this morning, we want to look at two different places as far as how holiness impacts our life because there's two things about holiness there's an action that you and i were never a part of and then there's an ongoing action that we are a part of and so those two components we want to talk about today so turn in your bibles only to these two places turn to acts chapter 10 and then put a finger over in first peter chapter 1 quickest way of finding first peter is go to the very end of the bible find revelation and, and, and go back three books and you'll find first peter first peter chapter 1 verse 13 but acts chapter 10 we're going to talk about two things that peter experienced and peter wrote about that helps us see how holiness impacts our life because like we said at the top of the sermon i might know about something um, if, if I never experience it, but once I experience it, I know it. So Peter, in Acts chapter 10, he is going to experience something. He's going to experience that the two-part component of holiness is this. It's a part that the Holy Spirit does that has nothing to do with you. Your holiness is because of a, because of a divine act of the Holy Spirit. And then there's that second part, that now that we have been called holy and made holy, we then walk in holiness. There's a part that the Holy Spirit plays a part from you, and there's a part that we play. Let, let, me, let me help describe it this way. How many of you have ever been to the Whitewater Rafting Center? How many of you have ever done the ropes course? It's so cool. You got to do it, right? And so what this ropes course does is it's up about probably about 40 feet off the air, there's ropes, there's cables, and you walk along those things. You cross rivers, you cross the trees. You go, I mean, it's just beautiful. It's beautiful. Now, if you know me at all, you will know that I am worthless when it comes to building things. I can't even put together Legos. That's how bad I am. And so I go down to the Whitewater Rafting Center, and there's something that's been designed that I cannot build. Somebody else put together cables and ropes and safety clips. And yet there's an invitation for me, if I'm going to experience this incredible design, I have to walk it out. If I want to experience the excitement of it, I am now going to walk through it intentionally. Do you see the picture I'm painting here? That God has designed through the power of the Holy Spirit an adventure for you in holiness. Now you have to walk it out. Now you have to walk it out. So we, we, we find the first part in Acts chapter 10 where, where Peter sees the movement of the Holy Spirit to create something that was once unholy to become holy that was apart from any effort. Let me give you a bit of background before we, we, we look at Acts chapter 10. Understand 
The first Christians, the early church, was comprised of Jewish believers. And those Jewish believers continued to worship in the way that they always had. And in some of the ways that they would worship God, it was something called prohibitive worship. There were acts of prohibitive worship. What's prohibitive worship? It's certain things that you would not do in order to worship God. That's called prohibitive worship. And among those things that they would do in a prohibitive worship manner is, is two of them, is that they would never eat meat or certain, I'm sorry, not eat meat. There were certain kinds of foods that were called unholy that they would not partake of. They wouldn't eat these things. That, that was one prohibitive act of worship. Another one was this. They would not associate or hang out with non-Jewish people, known as Gentiles. If you are not Jewish here today, you are a Gentile. How many Gentiles do we have in this? Okay, you guys, all y'all, all, that's, the, that's the Southern translation of the Bible, all y'all Gentiles, that's what it says. Now, these two things were something that Peter would never do, and yet God is going to rock his world. Because God is in a kingdom-building, sin-demolishing moment in time. So Acts chapter 10, the first part talks about an individual. He was a centurion, a Roman centurion. He was about as bad as someone gets that you would not want to associate with if you're a Jew. And yet the Lord gave him a vision. And in that vision, he says, go find this guy named Peter. Now we're going to pick this up after that in chapter 10, verse 9. It says, About noon, the following day, as they were on their journey and approaching the city, Peter went up on the roof to pray. He became hungry and wanted something to eat, and while the meals were being prepared, he fell into a trance. Sounds like Thanksgiving. <clears throat> he, he saw heaven opened and something like a large sheet being let down to earth by its four corners. It contained all kinds of four-footed animals as well as reptiles and birds. And then a voice told him, get up, Peter, kill and eat. Surely not, Lord, Peter replied. I have never eaten anything impure or unclean. And then the voice said to him a second time, do not call anything impure that God has made clean. And this repeated itself three times. What is up with Peter and having to be told something three times? I don't know. But he was told three times. And then Peter was told by God, there's somebody that's coming. You're to go with them. And so he goes with these non-Jewish Gentiles, and he commits the second act of effrontery to the Jewish uh, way of worship. They're invited inside the house of Cornelius. You would not go inside a, a, a non-Jew's house. And yet that's exactly what he did. And then so what Peter does is he begins to then preach about Jesus. And as he is preaching, look at verse 44. While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit came on all those who heard the message. The circumcised believers who had come with Peter were astonished that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on Gentiles, for they heard them speaking in tongues and praising God. What is happening here? Let me ask you something. What did the food do to move from being unholy to holy? 
We got one player in this entire thing. What did the food do to be changed from unholy to holy? What did the people do to move from unholy to holy? It was a work of the Holy Spirit. It was the revelation of the Holy Spirit, the impartation of the Holy Spirit. It was a radical kingdom building move of the Holy Spirit. That the moment that their faith was in Jesus, which again was something that the Holy Spirit does. It's the Holy Spirit that draws all men unto God. That holiness that they now became was something that the Holy Spirit only could do. Don't forget that. Don't forget that in your life. Because it leads us back to being a broken people. People, listen, we have never done anything good enough to become a people known as holy. But Jesus has done it all. And because Jesus has done it all, you and I can walk in confidence in our holiness. How many of you struggle at all in any way, shape, or form with looking at yourself as a holy person? Anybody in this place, praise God, I'm not alone. I struggle with that because what I see is all are all the ways that I am unholy. And yet my God, in an act that was beyond my ability, has declared me to be holy because when he sees me, he sees his son. When he sees me, he sees the cross. Because of the cross, you and I stand victorious today. How great is that truth? Now, listen. Once we've experienced holiness, now there becomes a part that we do play as though we're walking across that ropes course. We are called to receive the holiness that God imparts, but now we are called to walk in holiness ourselves. St. Peter would write this in chapter 1, verse 13 through 16. He says in verse 13, Therefore, now, now please remember this, Whenever you pick up your Bible or whenever a preacher's preaching or a Bible study is going on and you the first words that are there is therefore, stop, go back and look what came before. Okay, remember that. Therefore means go back and look what came before. So what was coming before this? Peter was talking about the salvation that we have in Jesus Christ. That we are saved through faith in Jesus. So he says, therefore, he goes on, with minds that are alert and that are alert and fully sober, set your hope on the grace to be brought to you when Jesus Christ is revealed at his coming. As obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires that you had when you lived in ignorance. Now read verse 15 with me, if you would. But just as... I will preach all day long. I don't even care. Come on. But just as... Never mind, I'm going to read this one over here. (laughs) You're off the hook. (laughs) But just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, does that say it? You must be holy because we are to be holy because he is holy. Now there's the part that we play in this. Holiness, there's another theological term for walking in holiness. It's called the process of sanctification. Big word, I know, sanctification. That is our walking out the holiness that God has intended for our lives. And Sanctification is a three-part process. It's our past, it's our present, and it's our future. The past is when we were dead to sin, and the Holy Spirit came and made us holy. That's past 
sanctification. Future sanctification is that day that Jesus Christ returns and we no longer have to struggle against sin in our flesh. Praise God for that. But then there's the present. And the present is that place where you and I are at today right now, where we have to intentionally choose to walk out holiness in our life. So how do we do that in the time we have remaining? How how do we do that? How do we walk out holiness? How do we first make sure we're taking it seriously enough in our life? We have to take this seriously in our life. If you are not taking holiness seriously in your your life, let me tell you something. You are not taking God seriously enough in your life. Because he is holy and he's called you to be holy. And it's so much easier for us to ignore those areas of our life that we are not submitting to the rule and the kingdom and authority of Jesus Christ, isn't it? We just hear no evil, see no evil, speak no evil. Pretend it's not there and all the while... It eats us away like a cancer. How do we deal with this? Well, the first thing we need to know is that as Christ followers, we are in a constant struggle, aren't we? Just admit it. As followers of Jesus, we are in a constant struggle. The first area of struggle is, 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 is from an adversary that wants to, to enslave us by enticing us to sin. Namely, the devil. <laughs> but can I tell you something? In my life, you just let me know if this is in your life too. There's been a few times that the devil's made me do it. Most of the time it's been Jeremy's made me do it. And that's the second part of this enticing by sin that we have to recognize is that the struggle between our sinful nature and the desires of our spirit is something that we have to own. It's us. Sure, there's an enemy, and I'm not minimizing his role. Please understand that. I'm not. But can I tell you, the enemy has never made me do anything. Why? Because I have authority over him. Because the word tells me I am more than a conqueror. I am more than a conqueror. So why do I fail? Because sin feels so darn good. How many of you would admit to that this morning, that that sin feels good? You are lying in church. Most of you didn't raise your hand. How many of you? I mean, seriously. Sin, you wouldn't be sinning if it didn't feel good. And so how do I overcome that that feel-good moment? Well, I realize this, it's momentary. The, The benefit of sin, the joy that I get from sin, it's momentary. But the blessings of God are eternal. And every single time I've lived a lifestyle of sin and intentionally walked away from holiness, I find myself jacked up at the end. How many of y'all ever woke up at some point in your life and realized that your decisions to sin has messed you all kinds of up? Messed you all kinds of up in your marriage or in your finances or in your, 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 your relationship with your kids or in the calling that God has on your life. Sin feels good for a season, but man, does it, does it, does it get us in the end. So it's important for us as a people Because every single one of us are dealing with sin, right? We've established that. Every single one of us are tempted by sin, and yet we want to go and live a holy life. So how how do we deal with this sin? How we deal with the sin is this, is we look for any weak spot in our life. What are your weak spots? Address them. Recognize them, and then address them. Did you guys know um, airplanes, they used to have square windows? Did you know that? Now, now what do the windows look like in airplanes? 
oval, right? Kind of, kind of buckled up. Do you know why? Because in the early days, the wind, the force of the wind coming against the, the plane's window, that corner would become a weak spot. And it would sometimes take that window and break it right off. How many know that's a bad day? I, I mean, I like convertibles. I just don't like it on my airplanes. This window would come apart and now you're in danger, right? And so they addressed the weak spot that was there. Are you addressing your weak spots? Or are you pretending that it's non-existent? Because understand something today. If we're going to deal with holiness, we can no longer ignore, minimize, or justify the sin in our life. We're good at justifying sin in our lives, aren't we? You know, we, we would say, you know, I wouldn't be bitter if so-and-so hadn't done something. I wouldn't be judgmental and critical if people just weren't so dumb. <laughs> Don't act like you haven't thought it. <laughs> um, I'm not physically cheating on my spouse. I'm just looking at a little porn. How many of you know we minimize and we justify our sin? And how many of you know that keeps us from the life that God wants to bless? God cannot. Can, can, let, me say, let me say it again. Cannot bless the life that is committed to sin rather than committed to holiness. He wants to. But how many of you have been able to um, bless your kid when they're doing something wrong? You can't, right? Because what happens? It encourages the behavior. It encourages the behavior. We may be older, but we haven't grown up. God still is moving us and raising us as his children. Blessings come from a life that is submitted to the walk of holiness that he's called. Okay, number two. I'm going to get you moving here. We are called to rule over sin rather than allowing sin to rule over us. We have to rule over sin. And we can because why? We are more than conquerors. We are more than conquerors. Listen. Here's, here's a reality. If we take sin lightly in our life, we take, we take the death of Jesus Christ lightly as well. If I, if I don't think sin is that big of a deal, then I don't think the cross is that big of a deal. Why? Because Jesus would die for my sin. Not some of it. You know what he would die for? All of it. He, he literally faced the cross, faced shame, faced abuse, faced death. Why? Because he wanted me to live the life that was blessed by him, an eternal life with him. And so when I take the sin in my life that caused him to go to the cross and I justify it or I minimize it, what I'm doing is I'm minimizing the power of the moment when Jesus took his hands and his feet. And we're nailed to a cross. Let's, let's keep that stuff in mind. Number three, write this down. We are called to be holy as God is holy. So how do we, how do, we do that? Through routine repentance, through living the word, through embracing the refining of the Holy Spirit, and by choosing God's ways over the world's ways. For those of you that are taking notes, you're like, thanks a lot. I can't get them all in there. He went so fast. Just a little, little note for you at the very bottom of your notes. You can see that there's a cheat sheet down there. All the words for your fill-in-the-blanks are down there. 
True story about this. You guys ready for this? How, uh, how many of you guys have sat in a sermon and you've tried to guess what the next fill in the blank is going to be? How many of you are doing it like right now? This very, I, when we first came to Grace Covenant, uh, I, I did the same thing. We were, we were hanging out listening to Pastor Farrell preach. I had my son sitting next to me. And, uh, and we're like playing this game. Okay, who can guess what the word is? And, and this kid is getting every single one right. And I'm like, this boy's anointed. He's going to be the next Billy Graham. He was just a cheater is all he was. That's all he was. He was just a cheater. But that's okay. You can do that too. Hey, listen. Let's, 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 let's finish with this. Let's finish with this. In the very beginning of, of, of today's talk, I asked you guys not to wait till the end. I asked you to begin the tough, difficult, brave process of allowing the Holy Spirit just to begin to reveal some stuff that's under the hood of your car. What'd you find? What'd you find? Did you, did you feel about 30 minutes of what I've been feeling all week? Lord, there's just some stuff in here. That God, I want you to touch and change, shape and mold. And, and here's the thing. It's almost going to feel like I'm preaching against everything I just spoke about for the last couple of weeks. We've been talking about wanting a life that God blesses, right? Can I tell you, I don't want to live a life of holiness so that God will bless me. I want to live a life of holiness because I want to worship my God for what he deserves to be worshipped for. I want to press into him because he has pressed into me. I want to love him in some way, shape, or form that's even close to the way that he loves me. And then if God blesses me because of that, that's icing on the cake, right? But I'm not pursuing the blessing. I want to pursue the one who blesses. And so when I'm pursuing holiness in my life, what I'm really pursuing is to worship God. So we've talked about brokenness. We've talked about surrender. And today we've talked about holiness next week. Pastor Farrell, you're not going to want to miss this. Pastor Farrell is an incredible communicator of truth. And he's going to be here next week. And he's going to talk about the final thing that we want to pursue. And, that, and, that, and that's gratitude. It's going to be a phenomenal day. You want to be there. But I would ask you at this time, as we conclude our service, to close your eyes just one more time. Maybe it was at the beginning of the message. Um, perhaps it's right now. But if the Holy Spirit has revealed an area that's weak in your life, just like that window, an area that's vulnerable, an area that you haven't given to Him, whatever that might look like, would you take this opportunity to get real with Him? Would you make the decision this morning to say, Lord, I want to pursue holiness because I want to pursue you. And so, Father, I just pray over my friends right now. Every single one that is in here that has asked you to reveal to them by the power of your spirit those areas in their lives that you have called them to sacrifice to you. Lord, I pray 
that a hunger and a thirst for righteousness in their life, a hunger and a thirst for holiness in their life would move them to action. That, God, we would not hold back any area of our life and say, Father, you can work on the other 99.9% of my life, but this 0.1%, Lord, I'm just going to keep from me. Lord, we know that there's no life in that place. We know that there's no freedom in that place. Lord, what we want to experience is your power and your presence in every single place of our life. And so we, your people, this morning say you have free will to any of those areas, Lord, that you're wanting to work out that sanctifying process. Lord, do it. Lord, do it. I pray for my friends that today wouldn't be a message that they receive just this morning. But Father, what we know is this. The enemy's not going to tempt us. Our own flesh is not going to tempt us probably right here, right now. But Lord, it's coming. When we walk through those doors and we go home, when we walk through those doors and we go to work, when we walk through those doors and we go into our place of uh, in our schools or wherever it may be, that's when, you're gonna, that's when we're going to experience all this stuff. Help us to fight like warriors at that moment and help us to live a life that is holy and pleasing to you. If you agreed with that prayer this morning, would you say amen? For more information on Grace Covenant Church, our service times, ministry opportunities, directions, and more, visit us at gracecovenant.org.